Are you looking for a gentle form of exercise that helps your physical body as well as your mental health? Look no further than Doween. You might have heard me talk about it before. It's an ancient exercise that's based off of the same knowledge as acupuncture and it includes self-massage, stretching, meditation, and gentle movements to stimulate and balance your energy. We have meridians or energy pathways running all over our body and these energy pathways are connected to our organs, the systems within our body and our emotions. So if you know, you get into the practice of knowing which energy pathways are connected to what organ, what feeling, you have a better tool at your disposal to help yourself both physically and mentally. So check out my weekly Doween class through Zoom. You can go to thefreedomfairy.com to sign up. I have packages, subscriptions, and you could just sign up one class at a time. I'm also doing a collaboration with a local sound bath practitioner. Her name is Jennifer Escalera, and she's with the Mystic Living School on Instagram. We're doing 30 minutes of Doline and 30 minutes of a sound bath. And that is happening at a local park near Pasadena, California. So if you're in the area, you can sign up for that event as well. Hello, Freedom Fairies of the Universe. Welcome back to another episode of Macro Magic with Michelle. I am your host, Michelle Williams, also known as The Freedom Fairy, on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere on the internet you can find me. Today's episode will be the final episode talking about all the different psychiatric medications I've taken. This is not the last in the series, Medicated Michelle but it's the last medication I will talk about because it's the last medication I have taken and it'll be the end of, um, of talking about the individual medications. So this medication is called Lamictal and I started taking this one in 2000 eight or 2009 I can't really remember but I was in college was I in college it was the same doctor um, for the for the patreon listeners you'll um, I can say the name for the other friends uh, I'll have to edit this video and bleep it out but it was a doctor who I had, I was started to see in high school and I saw her for a little while when I started college. 
and she's the one that started me on Cyprexa, gaslit me. Uh, <laughs> one of the ones, one of the many. <laughs> um, but she's the one that started me on that. She also started me on Lamictal. And like I mentioned in previous videos when I talked about this doctor, is that she was the best psychiatrist that I experienced because she actually tried to explain to me what the medications were supposed to do. And I remember that she spent time describing what Lamictal would help me with. Basically, it was a mood stabilizer. And so she drew on a piece of paper, you know, she drew a line, and she said, this is, you know, whatever, normal or something. <laughs> and she said, and right now your moods are like really low. I mean, uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and there's two different kinds. Um, one is more extreme and one is more normal. I had the more normal one. I really don't, you know, and they call it bipolar one, bipolar two. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. I haven't looked into it um, any more than I have when, back then, but I just know it's the less extreme one. But anyway, so, and my moods were not like, um, it was mostly low, it was mostly low. So, so she said to me that, you know, when she was drawing this graph, this picture for me, she's like, okay, your mood, you know, your moods go very low. And um, so what, what this medication is supposed to do is to help, you know, bring that low to be a little bit higher so it's a little bit more balanced. Which, if you've listened to my podcast episode that I did with Carrie Loeb, he's a self-massage teacher. He teaches the ancient spiritual exercise, energy exercise of Doleen which I also teach that um, every Tuesday. I do a online Zoom Doleen class and so far all my students really enjoy it. So go to my website, thefreedomfairy.com. You can sign up for individual classes or you can buy a package or you can subscribe to a monthly, a monthly um, series or you can also go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy and join my new tier called Moving Macro Mamas. And that tier gives you everything that I have to offer in my Patreon. Plus, you get a discount rate on the Doween classes. And you pay that fee every month. You get access to all the Doween classes plus everything I have on my Patreon. So be sure to click the links below so you can check it out. But anyway, when I did that interview with Carrie Loeb, he described how Doween can help you to make your energy more balanced 
so that when you do experience emotional turmoil, you know, different emotional states, anger, depression, anxiety, hysteria, um, cynicism, that when you practice Jolene, managing and balancing your own, your own energy, of course, in combination with eating healthy um, and other lifestyle changes, you can you can shrink that range of of extreme emotion. And it clicked with me when he said that. I was like, you know what? That's exactly what my psychiatrist told me when she was trying to explain to me what Lamictal would help me with. So it was kind of cool. So if you want a you want a natural mood stabilizer, <laughs> start practicing Doween. Um of course with other with other things that you can incorporate into your life, but um, Doween is a great a great thing to to utilize if you're struggling with your mental health. Also with your physical health because um, Doween is a precursor to acupuncture. So it, it relies on the same understanding of the energy pathways, the meridians, and energy points, you know, connected to these different organs. And like I've said many times, our emotions are connected with these different organs. So it's not like, it's not like this emotion happens out of nowhere. It's that when we have a state within our body that's very sensitive to being triggered, and for you to experience these extreme emotions, you know, why not work on some practical stuff to help you? And that is to take care of those organs so that they're in a better condition so you don't get triggered as easily. So you don't feel like you're out of control with your emotions. Um, so anyway, so, um, so Lamictal, she started me on... I think she started me on 200 milligrams and throughout the years it just increased and I can't I can't tell you off the top of my head if she's the one that was continuously increasing my dose but like I said I went to other psychiatrists after her and they I'm sure also increased my dose because anytime I told them I had any discomfort um you know any when I told them I couldn't sleep, when I told them I had no appetite, when I told them I was gaining weight very rapidly, when I told them I was losing control of being able to drive, being aware of, oh, that's a stop sign, I should stop. You know, I couldn't manage. It just affected my driving. It affected my um, ability to write because I had a full body tremor for years. And also, you know, my talking, I was slurring my speech. And I'm not saying like, you know, you have to watch my other videos or my listen to my other episodes to see more about what I'm talking about. But it's like the answer to every time I would present any of my psychiatrists with an issue, I'm going through this, I think it's connected with this medication. They would ignore that. And they said, no, that's not a side effect. No, that's not a side effect. They'd say, no, it's because you binge eat. No, it's because this. No, it's because that. Oh, it's not because the shit ton of medication I'm taking? It's not because of that at all. No, they're saying that, that it's not because of that, because they want to keep me as a 
patient because they get a kickback from the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> of course they're gonna say they're gonna gaslight me and tell me no, it's not that. And of course they know I'm in a vulnerable situation where I'm coming to them for help and they're thinking this 18 year old girl doesn't know shit, we're just gonna tell her whatever and she's gonna believe us because we're the doctor and she's the sick one. It's so messed up, friends. But, <laughs> you know, um, but the t but um, when I first was taking Lamictal, I mean, this can this has a couple different. There's a couple different things going on because did I feel like my emotions were less extreme? I think my chaotic response to things was definitely less. So maybe in a way it could be because of Lamictal, but I'm not gonna say that it necessarily stopped me from feeling in a horrible place because um, I was suicidal. I did think about that a lot for many years while I was on that medication. And even as the dosage increased, I still felt that way. So was it really effective? I mean, I usually answer that question at the end of the episode, but I really don't know. In a way it was because my, like I said, my chaotic reaction to things was definitely diminished. But I also have to say, there's other factors to why I think also my the way I would respond was less chaotic. And number one, because one of the main foods I was eating was dairy. And if you know anything about the effects of dairy, you might know that it's pacifying. That's why they recommend to drink a glass of warm milk if you can't sleep, because it pacifies you. And if you just there's many studies you can look up, you know, um, the effects of dairy on, you know, psychologically, um, it just pacifies you. It makes you, it blocks you, it disconnects you. So that was one of the main food groups I was eating. Um, and another, I mean, two two ways you could have seen it in my body was that I was extremely overweight. I mentioned, you know, one of my medications I was taking helped me gain weight immediately, but I, it also has to be said, my binge eating also increased. And um, when I first started gaining weight, my binge eating was the normal frequency that I was doing it. So I could see that the only change in my lifestyle was this medication. And then a few months later, I started going to college, I started binging more. So then the binging increased after I was already taking Zyprexa. So, so you know, yes, Zyprexa um, is a medication that helped me gain a lot of weight really quickly, but it also must be said during that time, then I also increased my binge eating. And like I said, dairy was one of my main foods. So you could see my body, I was overweight. And 
contrary to popular belief, you know, there was commercials when I was a teenager um, for Yo Play Yogurt, and it was saying on there how calcium <laughs> can help you lose weight. And back in, in those days, I was obsessed with losing weight. I would, any little thing that said this could help you lose weight, I did it. So I ate a lot of dairy, and that was still in my mind. Oh, dairy's going to help me lose weight. Now that I know a lot more about dairy and a lot more about food and a lot more about how do, foods affect your body and how our body works, I know that dairy is does the complete opposite. If you want to gain weight, eat dairy. <laughs> if you want to gain weight, eat dairy. Um, and the other thing was I had around that time is when I started to struggle with acne. When I was younger, yes, of course, I think any teenager has a pimple here and there. But for me, I, you know, I never wore makeup. If I did, it was like mascara and blush. I never really wore makeup on my face. I never covered my face with makeup. Um, but around that time in college, when I was 18, 19, binging a lot more, eating a lot more dairy and other things, sugar and chemicals. And on my face exploded with acne and it was uncontrollable. It was relentless for years. And I tried everything to help it. I even took medication that was technically illegal for me to take, you know, that it, it had been banned in the 1980s. But for some reason, I don't know why doctors are still able to give it to people. I think because in their mind, they're like, well, we have no other answers. And technically, this is poison. But, you know, there's no, there's no, to them, Western medicine, there's no other cure for acne except to take Accutane. And that's a whole other, that's a whole other up medicated Michelle episode. But, you know, um... You know, my acne was out of control. Nothing I did helped. You know, I would, that's just, that's, just, I'm going to be talking about. But acne, you know, this, you can see, maybe not so much in this video, but I have a whole bunch of acne scars here. And, and people say, well, it's because you picked at your face. Yes, I did pick at my face, but it wasn't for how much scarring I have, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But you could just tell I've been through a lot. I love dairy and you could tell by the, the acne scars on my skin. I loved dairy. And I mean, that's, I'm just saying like, that's how you could tell in my body. I was extremely overweight. I had tons of acne. And um, there's also something I call dairy face. I, call, I have two, fa there's two faces. There's two faces that I can spot immediately. I can spot a dairy face immediately, and I can spot a medication face immediately. And they're very similar, but they're slightly different. And so basically what it is, is when your face is extremely swollen, dairy face is like, basically you look like a baby. You know, <laughs> you look like a baby. Your face is swollen, but you look like a baby. It's very soft, you know, and that's how I can tell you eat a lot of dairy or there's a lot of dairy within you. Maybe you haven't released it in the best way. It's still in you. You have a dairy face. Um, 
And the other face that I can spot is a medication face. So medication face is similar. Um, it's swollen, it's puffy, but there's, I guess I can't really describe it very well. It's more of a energetic, an energy I can just sense. And it's basically um, chemicals. It's basically chaos. So that's, so those are the two faces I can spot. And you can see in my older videos, maybe when I um, upload the video recording of this podcast episode, maybe I'll insert a couple pictures, but I had an extreme dairy face. Another thing, I was also on a lot of medication. So I was on, I had a dairy and medication face. I had a dairy and a medication face. So that's why I can recognize them immediately because that was my face for many years. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah. So, and the other thing too, why I think, you know, my chaotic response to things was lessened and it might not be specifically because of Lamictal. So it might, you know, part of it was dairy. I was extremely... In- my energetic being was entrenched in this like body that was filled with mucus, filled with dairy, blocking me from basically my energy being able to respond quickly or being to being able to respond more clearly or more directly. Even though in the past if I if I did have extreme out, emotional outbursts. Yes, it was chaotic and yes, it was, you know, unbalanced, but at least it was coming out. In the time when I was extremely overweight, eating a lot of mucus forming foods, especially dairy, you know, having a lot, of, a lot of medications and chemicals in my system, it blocked me from being able to respond and to express. And, you know, I, I remember in that time when I was in college, I felt so removed. I always felt removed and detached from my surroundings, from other people. I, I always felt that way, but it was even more so when I was um, in that time. And that's also the time when I started to have... Um, what is it called when you leave your body? Um, What is it called? Astral projection, that's also an astral projection. It just started happening to me and it was very scary and I didn't know what was happening. That was the first thing. Um, I started to experience astral projection. That's basically my spirit was leaving my body, friends. I was not connected to my body. That's how much blockages I had. And I had no concept of what is astral projection. It was scary to me. And all these, you know, all these people talking about how, you know, they want to astral project, they want to do these things. I really would not recommend it. I really wouldn't. And that's a whole other video. But, you know, I didn't ask for that to happen, but it was happening to me. And that, of course, kept going because I didn't change anything about my lifestyle. So it got became worse. So then I had lucid dreaming and I had sleep paralysis and I could and then it became scary for me to even go to sleep. 
because then these things would happen to me that I felt I had no control over. Um, but so that's, that's what I'm saying. My, my energy wasn't in my body. So yeah, I wasn't responding in a chaotic way. I wasn't responding, you know, my emotions weren't coming out in the way that they used to, but I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. You know, even though, like I said, it was chaotic and it, and it was extreme and unbalanced, but it's like at least the emotions were coming out. In that time, I couldn't express myself. And I just remember feeling like, like I was in a bubble and the bubble was filled with water. And I felt like I was moving through my life in this bubble of water. And when I talked, people didn't hear me. And when I moved, it was very hard to move. And, um, and I got reactions from people. A lot of like, you know, like something's wrong with that girl. Like I felt like I felt that from people like, oh, you know, like, mm, she's kind of weird. Let's get away from her. Which, like I said, I always kind of felt that. But when I was in that time, it was a lot worse. And I physically felt it. I physically felt like I was moving through water. And I really believe it's because I had all those blockages within me. And my spirit was leaving my body. My spirit was not here inside of me. It was starting to leave. And I mean, just like I said, astral projection, lucid dreaming, sleep paralysis. This is part of you know more evidence of that and um and um you know and then the other thing is the fact that i was on so many medications you know i talked about i talked about in previous episodes how i was have having hallucinations and how i mean i just mentioned i, I couldn't control myself when i was driving I couldn't control the way that I talked. I couldn't control, you know, my body. It was shaking all the time. I, you know, I was having increasingly more problems sleeping. Um, and, and all of this, like I mentioned, you know, you can, now I can tell when someone's on medication, they have this chaotic energy around them. And, um, you know, and it just, medication is just extreme yin chemicals are just extreme yin and like i have mentioned in other videos it doesn't mean yin is good yin is bad yang is good yang is bad it's not like that it's just you have to think about the spectrum of everything that you consume and what are the effects and how do you how are you supposed to maintain that and there's a lot of aspects to your life that you have to think about you know just because you struggle with your mental health, it doesn't mean, okay, a medication is immediately the answer. Because what if you have a weak constitution? What if you refuse to eat meat? What if you want to be a raw vegan and you really believe in that? Then it's weak constitution, yin constitution. You want to be a raw vegan, yin diet, then you want to take medication, and then you have a yin illness, and then you want to take extreme yin to try to cure or cope. This is all yin. How are you able to maintain that? 
<laughs> it's not gonna maintain, friend. It's not gonna be good for you. So you can't just think, oh yeah, well this is what I have, so this is what I'll take. No, you have to look at your whole life. You have to look at the whole spectrum. You have to think about what are you working with, you know? And um, and the fact of it, the fact of it is, you know, in macrobiotics, we don't say this is good, this is bad. You know, just because we don't recommend that you eat certain foods or that you don't ingest certain chemicals, that doesn't mean that's good or bad and that's the rule. It's just that this is the kind of energy that you're going to have. And it's very hard to maintain an extreme lifestyle, extremely difficult. So it's just thinking about what is the balance that you can handle that's going to help you with your current situation. So you can't really think of it as, well, you said medications were bad. No, I'm saying medications are extremely yin energy and it's very hard to maintain that. It's extremely hard to work with. So, um, so it's just, it's just more difficult, you know? And there's another thing, friends, look up the life expectancy of people who take medication. There's a study of people who struggle with mental health and it shows the life expectancy of people who take medication for their mental health issues versus people who don't take medication for their mental health issues. The people who take medication for their mental health issues have a 30% less uh, lifespan than the people who also have mental health issues and don't take medication. Then there's another study that shows what is the real effectiveness of medication for your mental health. They did a placebo group and they did the real pill. The results are almost exactly the same of the benefits. But at least with the placebo, you're not running through red lights, you're not slurring your speech, you're not having insomnia, you're not gaining weight, you don't have a full body tremor. Um, so, so yeah, so there's a lot of reasons why my lamictal might have seems like it helped me. Maybe it was the, maybe it was lamictal. Maybe it was the fact that I was pacifying myself with a shit ton of dairy. Maybe it was the fact that I was so bombarded with chemicals and extreme yin that my spirit was living in my body and I physically, I couldn't emotionally express myself as much anymore. And um, so, I, you know, that doesn't mean it's a good thing. But that's the thing about Western medicine. They think... Oh, if you don't, if you're passive, you're, that's a good thing. When it comes to mental health, that's why, why do you think the, the only way that 
Western medicine can handle people with extreme mental health issues is to medicate the shit out of them so they're a zombie, so they're more passive, so that their family can worry less about them. But what kind of, but what kind of life is that for the person that has that issue? What kind of life is that? How would you like it if you had this extreme issue with your emotions and your behavior and no one knew how to help you so they just threw a whole bunch of pills in, in you and you're basically a zombie? What kind of life is that? And that's where people usually ask, well, Michelle, some people need medication. Do they need it or do you need it? Because you can't handle this person because you don't know how to help this person. So the answer is, well, they need it because otherwise they're too chaotic and I can't control them. And that, by the way, is the mentality. This is a whole thing. That's the mentality. You guys might have heard there's a new 911 number, but it's supposed to be for mental health. At first, I thought when I first heard that, I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. But now I'm learning more about what it is. And I wouldn't recommend that. Because the mentality is, once again, the mental health industry, oh, this person wants to hurt themselves or others, let's medicate them, let's lock them down because they're a threat. They don't think about why is this person upset? Why do they feel like they have no other options? And can you give them some other options instead of just giving them medication that pacifies them? and never really solving the fucking problem? Are we still in the 1950s? Are we still in the 1950s? Where the problem, where anytime someone was depressed or anxious or had an eating disorder or had schizophrenia or was bipolar, even though half of these diagnos diagnoses didn't exist, they just, gave them medication, primitive medication that we still use today, Prozac. Primitive, friends. They put them in a straitjacket, they put them in a locked room with padding on the walls and let them scream it out. Or they threw them in a bathtub full of water or they put them in an electric chair or they cracked open their skull and cut out a piece of their brain like, is it still the 1950s? Because it really seems like it is. It really seems like it is. You know, in Western medicine, when, when there's a rash on your skin, they say, oh, give it a cream. Oh, give it a cream. Give it another cream. Do, ah, get antibiotic. Kills all the, kills all the bacteria. So it's the same thing when someone has a mental health issue. They're really struggling. They don't know what else to do. They feel like hurting themselves. They feel like hurting others. They call a hotline. The answer, the, the 
emergency response isn't isn't you know let me know about your life let me know what's going on with you no that's that takes too much time too much effort we can't there's not a straight straight answer there's not a straight solution so let's just send a a a, tr a van over there let's take him to the nearest mental hospital let's put him on a lockdown let's give them medications let him cool off then let's release them out into the world without no other support aggressive and the first thing that i learned when i studied energy healing is you have to have love you can't heal without love in all the macrobiotic books it's the same thing Where is the love in Western medicine? I don't find it in my psychiatrist, hell to the no. I found it in maybe a couple therapists out of how many did I have, like 30? It wasn't in the way that the pro programs that I went to were regimented, how they were set up. There's no love there. Where's the love? And putting people in a straitjacket, putting them in an isolated room with no windows, giving them medication, letting them scream. Where's the love there? There is no love. And people might say, well, isn't it showing them, you know, tough love? Fuck a tough love. What are you? A Capricorn? What are you? The patriarchy? What are you? A capitalist? What are you? A fucking drill sergeant? Where is the fucking love? Are you a ballet teacher? Where's the fucking love? Are you are you a healer or no? Because it really doesn't seem like you are. If that's your way of handling an emotional issue. What? How would you like it? If you just went through some emotional trauma? The answer is to put you in a straitjacket? Throw you in a locked room? Like what? The answer is to cut open your brain because you went through some trauma? Have you ever went through some trauma in your life? Yes, everyone has. So it's the same thing when someone has a mental health issue, but it's been continuous. It's been a continuous trauma, multiple traumas, other factors, you know, their body is out of balance. They ha they've had some programming that was incorrect. They've lived a life without love without nurturing, without support. And so the answer is to give them tough love? <laughs> oh no, it's not the answer. It's not the answer. But anyways, uh, this is getting into some other stuff. <laughs> but so, did Lamictal help me? Mm. Was my mood more stable? My mood wasn't more stable. I was still suicidal. But the way that I acted was more passive. And that's, I really believe, not really because of Lamictal itself. I think it's a result of all the dairy that was in my system, all the mucus. So much yin energy from all of the medications I was taking. Not just for my mental health, but for my acne. And my spirit was leaving my body. I just couldn't express that anymore 
So do I think that's a good thing? No, I think hell to the no, it's a horrible thing. That's not right to pacify somebody because you just don't have any other answers. I mean, I mean, look, if you really, if, if you didn't know any better, you didn't know any better. And how, you know, how can you guilt trip or shame yourself or anyone else for that situation? But the fact is there is other options. You're listening to this podcast, you do know better. I know better, I've experienced better. So looking back on it, I know that it's not the answer, it's not the best option. So, <laughs> um, that's what I have to say about that. And um, if you're looking for help for yourself to manage your mental health in a more natural and holistic, loving way, that will yield better results, more sustainable, a more sustainable lifestyle, a more sustainable practice. Go to my website, thefreedomfairy.com. You can see testimonials. I've worked with people with depression, anxiety, substance abuse, addiction, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, and you can see testimonials on there. And you can also schedule an appointment with me, sign up for different packages, and be sure to check out my Doween class. And I hope you enjoyed this video. Thanks for listening. Peace. So I forgot a huge piece of this Lamictal story. If you're watching this on YouTube, you see I'm in a different outfit. It's a different day. Uh, I realized that I forgot this very important piece immediately after <laughs> I recorded the first segment, but I didn't have it in me to talk about this very important part that day. And so it's a different day. So here I am talking about it. So you guys might've heard me throughout the years, different places on social media. You might've heard me talk about how there was a medication that I had that cost $100 every month. That medication was Lamictal. Yes, it cost $100 every month. So that's $1,200 a year. I was on that medication, like I said, from 2008 or 9 until 2014. So 12,000 times what it... How many years is that? At least four, five, six, five or six years. <laughs> That's just for one medication, girl. Just for one medication. Um, and that, like I said, that plays a huge part, like I was talking about in the previous segment, of how I couldn't afford, I just couldn't afford to pay for this way, this mainstream way of helping myself with my mental illness period i could just i couldn't pay for it okay um and there's a reason there's a reason some medications cost a lot of money i mean despite the biggest reason that it's that western medicine this prescriptive way of dealing with health conditions no matter what it is I mean, the biggest reason is that it's a money-making 
agenda. It has nothing to do with health. <laughs> okay, so that's the main reason why it costs so much. The other reason is because I found out through a sacred source, which, you know, I'm not... These sources that I have, I'm very thankful that I have them. But I'm not... At the same time, I don't want it to seem like I'm exploiting the information that I have. I'm just saying, this is the information. I heard it from someone who prescribes medicine in the mental health industry. And they explained to me that when a medication, now, once again, she comes from the psychiatric side, so it might be true for the rest of whoever prescribes medicine for whatever reason, but when a medication is new, it costs a lot. I think they said for the first five years, it costs a lot. And they have this huge marketing campaign where they really promote the medication. Oh, you gotta try it, it's the newest, it's the best, most, you know, whatever, all the same, whatever industry you can think of. It's the same thing with the iPhone. Oh, it's the newest iPhone, it's the latest model, it has all these features, it's the same thing. But it's with medicine. And of course it, co it costs more. Um, and they'll really do anything to get the doctors that prescribe medicine to prescribe this medicine um, to their patients so that their, you know, their, their hopes is it works best for this person, these patients, so then their regular customers so that it can keep going in circulation beyond the five-year initial period where they're promoting it and then after that that's when they can usually have some cheaper medicines they call them generics um and the generic for lamictal was lamotrigine or something like that lamitrogen lamotrigine um and then it's cheaper and then that's like how i mentioned my other medications were between five and fifteen dollars um but still, between 5 and $15, and you're taking eight medications, that's still more money than I could have afforded at the time. Um, so, so um, that's what happened. When I first started taking uh, Lamictal, it was a new medication. And um, that's why it cost $100 every single month. Um, and kind of the worst, I mean, all of that sounds horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> all of what I already said about Lamictal and all the other medications that I've ever taken, it all sounds horrible, right? Yeah, because it is. But the other thing is that when a medication is new, it's like a test run. It's a test run. So basically, you're paying more money for a medication, you're paying to be a guinea pig. And where have we heard this more recently? With the, it's experimental. There's no evidence, there's no s studies, it's new, 
and people are taking it and those people who are taking it without any information about the the side effects the long term the long term effects there's no information so you're basically giving yourself up as guinea pig but the thing is hold on that's not even the worst part that's not even the worst part the thing is when you're a patient who is struggling to live every day to just function as a normal human being because whatever your mental health issue is anxiety you have agoraphobia you have depression you have <laughs> ocd you have you have post traumatic stress disorder you have an eating disorder whatever your mental health issue is is very intrusive to your daily life okay from what most people hear is well you have to listen to your doctor and you should take medication and you should go to therapy that's what most people hear they don't hear anything other than those two things to help themselves and there's such in a place of fear such a place of well i don't know what else to do i just want to survive to the next day i just want to live you know um they don't think beyond that you can't it's very hard to think beyond that and so when i was taking this medication i had no idea that this was a brand new medication i had no idea that there was no i didn't even think about that that's how much i was not thinking outside of my daily struggle that's how much all i thought about was how horrible i felt every single day and when the doctor prescribes you medication most doctors i never had a doctor except for my dermatologist um which i'll talk about in another episode i never had a doctor that said anything whatsoever to me even the best psychiatrist which is this one that prescribed me prescribed me lamictal the one that prescribed me zyprexa the one that put me on the worst medication i've ever had This was the best psychiatrist I ever had and she was still not a good psychiatrist. She was still even though she was the best I had, she was still not the best because she still gaslit me. She still gave me push medication on me. She still you know wasn't empathetic towards me even though she did take the time to explain what these medications would do. She left out the side effects She left out the fact that this was a brand new medication. She left out the fact that um that essentially I'm a guinea pig. She left all that out, girl. So even though you might think, well, you know, my psychiatrist is, is great because she does this and she does that. Is she so great? Does she tell you about about the negative aspects of this medicine? Most psychiatrists won't. because what does that mean that means that they won't get paid that they can't get the money from the pharmaceutical industry that they normally get when they prescribe you medication when they get you hooked on a medication so to me that's the worst part that you don't even know 
that you're a science experiment. So, I mean, and that's not even talking about, going back to the money, that's not even talking about how many people, okay, let's say you want to take medication, okay? And this, once again, doesn't just go with the mental health industry. This goes with any illness that you may have. You know, classism is real. There is real dis, dis, disparaging differences between lifestyles. And when you're sick with whatever you have, you know, a lot of people, it's a wake-up call, and they're very scared. And once again, they have they don't know what else to do. Well, my doctor's saying I need this medicine. But the situation that people get themselves in is they can't even afford that medication. And this is, this is what happened to me, is that, you know, I, I was essentially cut off from being financially supported by my parents after college. I couldn't find a job. Um, so I had to now maintain this routine of therapy, psychiatric help. I had to maintain it with what money? Meanwhile, I have a doctor that's telling me I need this medication because I have a chemical imbalance. I will need it for the rest of my life. Meanwhile, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for it? But you tell me I need it, but I can't pay for it. So then what? So what? So what am I supposed to do? So I just die? What? I don't get it. <laughs> what? What am I supposed to do? That's the situation many, many people find themselves in. And, you know, luckily it worked out for me, but that was a real gamble. That was a real gamble. It's a real gamble. And especially if all you hear is, no, you gotta listen to your doctor. Well, you gotta take the medicine. Well, you need that surgery. But it's like, okay, so you're telling me I need it and this is the only person who has authority over my health. But at the same time, I can't afford it. So what am I supposed to do? So then, do you understand what a hard, what a difficult place that is? And then if there's any other information out there, you know, alternative ways of healing, any other thing that's less expensive, that's more natural, oh, but you can't listen to them because they're not a doctor. But it's not science. Wait, 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 but if I do listen to you, doctor, who sucks the dick of science, I can't even afford what you're telling me to do and you tell me there's no other way. So what am I supposed to do? So I'm just supposed to die? No, I don't think so. I really don't think so. P.S. That mentality is exactly the mentality of like a organized religion. It's the same mentality of a cult. Oh no, you can only listen to me. I'm the only authority. And everyone else who's giving you a different option, they're wrong. But wait a minute, what you're telling me to do, I cannot do. And you're not giving me any other helpful information. So what, 
like, I'm sorry, but the real truth of life is you have to do what you have to do. So if your doctor is telling you something that you literally cannot afford, uh, I'm going to have to strongly disagree with the mainstream narrative of you have to listen to your doctor. No, you have to live. You have to do what you have to do to live, to survive. I don't believe in because you can't afford to pay the price of what your doctor, of what science is telling you, that you just let yourself die. I mean, of course, if that's what you want to do, you are free to do that. But I don't believe that's the only way. I don't believe listen to your doctor or let your illness take over. Hell to the no. I do not believe that. I believe you have to do what you have to do. And if someone, one door closes, a thousand others open. So, you know, after that time that I, that I, you know, I had that moment. I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I don't have enough money to keep up this lifestyle. I don't have any support to help me come off of these medications. And also I'm feeling the best I have ever felt in my life. When I was in that point, you know, I was doing relatively well with, with my mental health for a while, for a couple of years, but you know, pretty soon my Saturn's return came and I started to have mental health issues again. Um, just because I was becoming an adult and I was questioning, questioning a lot of things in my life, questioning my path in life. Where's this path taking me? Is there a future here? Do I want to be in this place? Where do I want to be? What do I want to do? I had all these questions and it was extremely difficult on me. And in that time, I already knew the path of psychiatry and already I already knew the path of therapy. And I knew based off of my experience, your experience may be different, good for you. My experience was that it was bullshit. And I still couldn't afford it. <laughs> Even though I was making more money. I still couldn't afford that. That's how out of reach the mainstream, just based on a monetary level, just based on just based off of your class, of where you fall in in the sociological, economical class system. I just couldn't afford it. Even though I was making more money than I ever had. I still couldn't afford that. But then all you hear is, well, you got to be in therapy. Well, you have to take medication. There are so many people who struggle with their mental health who cannot afford those things. But yet all you tell them is that's the only way to overcome it. Hell to the no. Hell to the no. And let me tell you something else. In third world countries, yeah, I'm going to bring it up and people are going to roll their eyes and they're going to have a lot of things to say about it. But in third world countries, is mental health a really big issue? People are just trying to survive and people are just trying to live. And they're third world country, more impoverished than even a homeless person here in America. So, um... So, uh, uh, no, you don't need medication and no, you don't need therapy. <laughs> the, 
No, you don't need it. No, you don't. If you want to do it and you find it helpful, that's another story. But the question of need and have to, no. You need water to drink. You need uh, food to eat. You need shelter. You need clothes on your back. Uh, you need um, a lot of things in this world, but you don't need therapy and you don't need medication. That's like telling women you need, oh, you need to wear makeup and you need plastic surgery and you need to lose weight. Maybe for some women, they might want to do that. They might feel good doing that. But not every woman needs that. So... <laughs> So, um, yeah, so when I was in that time, that period of time where I thought, man, because I, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie and say I've, I've never thought about going back to therapy. You know, it crosses my mind sometimes. Um, but I mean, that's a whole other, that's a whole, that's a whole other series. Toxic therapist. <laughs> um, yeah, I just never, I just never went back to that, that cycle. And um, I definitely see the benefit. You know, I see the benefit in therapy more than I see the benefit in medication. Medication, you really don't need. You really, that is, you really don't need it. Therapy, it can be, I can see more the benefit of therapy. But even then, it's just a whole thing. It's just, it's just a whole thing. But, um, and I know what people are going to say. There's good therapists and there's bad therapists. Bitch, don't you think I know that? You know how long I've been in therapy? You know how many therapists I saw? All this new, newcomers to to the mental health program, they've been in it for what? A year, two years, a couple years, they're on one medication. No, 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 you don't, no, 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 no. That's your experience and good for you that you have a good experience. But to tell me, you know, based on your limited, it's like vegans who tell me, oh yeah, veganism is more than not eating animals. I'm like, really? Then what's the definition? Because when you tell me you're vegan, you j all what I see, all, the, all what it is about being vegan is just not eating animals, period. And people want to make it to be more than what it is. No, you made it more than what it is. What it is is just not eating animals. You're the one that expanded on that and said, okay, well, I'm not going to do this because I'm vegan. I'm not going to eat this because I'm vegan, whatever. But it's really simple. It's just not eating animals. So for someone that's barely starting therapy, barely starting medication, and you try to tell me something, oh, no, Michelle, you're wrong. Am I wrong? How many periods have you had? How many therapists have you had? How many mental hospitals have you been in? 
How many medications have you been on? Are you still on them? I don't, I don't take advice from people who are still on medication, from people who've only had a positive experience with a therapist, from people who don't have never noticed any negative effect from their medication, from people who work in the industry, who are a therapist, from people who are a psychiatrist, who prescribe medication, who work in a mental hospital. I don't take that information because no, you don't know what it's like. You, your journey is not my journey. So for you to tell me I'm wrong? No, mm -mm. that's not, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. It's not accurate. And people who have never sought treatment for their mental health. <sighs> this video is going everywhere. But basically, I just wanted to tell you about that part. Um, that was a huge part of my Lamictal story. And um, yeah, I was on it for five or six years. And uh, towards the end, I believe that's when the generic came out. And actually... Now that I think of it, the generic might have been $30. Which, like, when you don't have a job, $30 is a lot of money. How are you going to come up with $30 when you don't have a job? <laughs> Just that alone. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But that's the story of Lamictal. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you're wanting support for your mental health, you can go to thefreedomfairy.com and read testimonies, see more, um, more about what I offer, the services I offer, what my intention is, where I'm coming from, and feel free to listen to the previous episodes of Medicated Michelle. And stay tuned. I'll be talking about my acne medication in the next few videos. So thanks for listening. Peace. This podcast is made possible in part by the patrons over on patreon.com slash the underscore freedom underscore fairy where you can also sign up and become a supporter video versions of macro magic with michelle podcast are available for you to view on youtube on my youtube channel the freedom fairy you can follow me on tiktok and instagram at the underscore freedom underscore fairy you can also join my facebook group sacred space for sensitive women if you like what i have to share please rate five stars and subscribe to this podcast think differently and live peacefully hey i wanted to give you a heads up in 2022 i'm going to be starting a new series on my podcast called peace talks and in this series, I am going to be 
addressing some difficult situations that you, the listeners, send in. So the whole point of this series is to help people see where they can make peace within difficult situations, difficult relationships, differences of opinion, differences between two people, how instead we can change the energy from being tense to being peaceful and being more loving and more receptive. So if you have a difficult situation in your life where you would like to make more peace between you and somebody else, you and a group of people, because you think differently, because you come from different backgrounds, send in your situations and your questions about how to make it more peaceful to the email address macromagicwithmichelle at gmail.com. And in an upcoming episode, I or my guests and I will be addressing your situation and help you to make more peace.